All right, Buckup Podcast, Episode 7. This one, we're going to be getting into my 2021 into 2022 trapping season. But first, I'm going to lay out the details of how my season went in the previous year. It was pretty much my first year uh, trapping, I guess you could say. Before that, I had spent time setting live traps. I had pretty much... I think all of them were live traps before that for raccoons and possums that had been getting into chickens or into into feed bags or feed trailers at my parents' house, my parents' old house. Uh, But I'd never really spent the time up at the farm trying to do any predator management, which is kind of concerning because there's several, several thousand acres around there and not too many people. So I I highly doubt uh, the predator population had any kind of any kind of control to it, which is concerning for several different species. So the problem uh, that I kind of ran into is I didn't really know what I was doing. I only caught a handful of raccoons and even less possums. I managed to cut my hand with a knife, skinning uh, first or second coon. So uh, yeah, I. I Kind of fell into a rough spot with that, uh, just being a rookie. But yeah, I learned somehow, and usually it's the hard way. Um, my bait I was trying to use was cat food. Uh, the the set I was utilizing is called a dirt hole set. Basically, you you dig a bed for your trap and bury it with cover dirt. That year, I was using peat moss, uh, which was pretty dark like it'd be like a walnut color is what I was using so it didn't really match the dirt too well but it's something I had and by the time I decided I wanted to start trapping there was no dry dirt left so it's kind of my only option at that point unfortunately Uh, but what the dirt hole set is basically is you at the back of that trap bed where the animal you are expecting you're expecting it to step towards a hole that you've either augered into the ground or a lot of guys will just uh, take a hammer and a stake and kind of knock out a hole in the dirt it's kind of at like a 45 degree angle but what basically what you're trying to uh, simulate is like a, a coyote having a catch or a bone or something and burying it and marking its territory and in hopes of another coyote coming along kind of trying to steal whatever it's marked in its territory. So yeah, pretty low success rate. I had absolutely no coyote sign in any of my sets. All the coons I caught in dog proof traps that are kind of more intended for uh, the cat food. And I'd, I'd also kind of drizzled uh, cooking oil over them just for some scent to draw them in there. That worked really great. Uh, and that's something that I ended up carrying into the 2020 or yeah, 2021, 2022 season as well. Um, but yeah, with that, that low success rate, I started looking for, um, some different options. So I got on YouTube because that's kind of where I base a lot of my research on pretty much 90% of aspects of my life. Just kind of, kind of funny, but I found a lot of good information on there. I found a YouTuber. His name on there is Carolina Coyote. He's super big into trapping uh, all kinds of different animals. So I 
over the summer of 2021, I studied every single video that dude's ever made. And I watched them over and over again uh, to the point where I found the art of making a set. And it's kind of sim similar to how an artist might look at a painting or like chef might look at a dish or a meal. Uh, I really developed an eye for making the set. So I, I started knowing exactly what to look for. And, you know, me personally, I've always, I've always been really good at pattern recognition and memorization. So that's something I really tried to implement or incorporate into, into trapping. Um, so yeah, let me pull up an image real quick just to briefly go over what the dirt hole set looks like before I get too far into this. So got a folder for this one. It's loading. All right, so here's what the dirt hole set looks like. So I'll kind of move move the cursor around to give you a rough idea. So the trap's sitting probably roughly somewhere in here. And it's backed off the hole probably, I'm just going to guess, 18 inches or so. It might be a little less, actually. This is a, a smaller made set. Yeah, as you can see, how the, the dirt's kind of kicked up over where the trap would be setting. Um, it looks like it's just been dug out at that angle by whatever put it in there. And I, I use an auger with a drill. It's real fast just to get that hole down in there. And the goal with that is just to dig it as deep as possible so your bait sinks down in the hole. <clears throat> Sorry. So your bait sinks down in the hole so they don't instantly dig it out. And, you know, it keeps them around your set longer so they have a higher probability of stepping in it. I'm not, I'm not too technical in all the gear and everything I use. I, that's just not me personally. But pan of that trap that they have to step in is only like an inch and a half or something like that it's not very big so you really want them to work around there as much as they can and hope they kind of dig at it see if they can get the bait out and step in your trap you can kind of see my bait down and right in there um, and something really important too that a lot of people talk about you don't always have to do this but i found it to be pretty helpful is using backing so this is some kind of weed that it's kind of been chopped down by a mower or something. Uh, yeah, it just makes for it makes it look a little more natural. And this is this is right on a field edge. I'll once we get a little more into this, I'll kind of show where I've been putting sets at and which ones I had success in uh, a little further into this. But yeah, that's a dirt bowl set, and that's probably one of the most common. Um, common sets for trapping you've also got a flat set it'd basically be it'd basically be just like this dirt hole set but you wouldn't have the hole you'd kind of just put the put the bait you know you might dab it on the branch of that weed or something like that uh, they're they're both very effective i just uh, watching that guy he's big on the dirt hole set so I, I, that was really good for me to study off that and it it's a little easier to plan for because you do use that backing so you know you got a little better idea of how they're going to approach the set. Um, close out of this. Uh, yeah. So also, all right, sorry, I had to figure out the screen there again. So instead of my terrible peat moss 
bed cover or track cover, I should say. I actually started using real dirt this year. I'd saved it ahead of time over the summer and then just put it in buckets and stuff. It kept it dry out of the weather. Um, you basically just put it, put it into a sifter and shake it over the trap. So it spreads out a lot nicer and it looks a lot more natural than dark walnut colored uh, bed cover. Um, I'll pull that picture back up actually real quick. Just for a comparison of the color difference on this. So yeah, you can see the dirt here, it's very dry and uh, not the least bit dark at all. You've got a lot of grass and stuff like that around. So the color I was using, I think was really just throwing it off and the texture was so much different that you get, you get these animals really finicky around strange sites like this. You know, they're not gonna come up on these. This is not like an everyday thing for them. Uh, it'd kind of be something they'd rarely find uh, in nature. So yeah, you want it to look as natural as possible. Um, yeah, so let me show you the bait I use this year too. It's uh, a little different. I had bought some in, for the 2020 season and it came in a little bit different package. It's called RK's Predator Plus. It's basically called a Nelson formula. I don't know what that means, but it's like ground up bobcat meat and it's got a little skunk essence in it. It's relatively fairly priced. It lasts quite a while. You only use like a tablespoon or something like that of it. Um, but how I apply that is I just break popsicle sticks in half. I can use a uh, half pop popsicle stick for dipping out that bait. And the other half I use for my lure. And I'll show you what lures I used uh, 2021 season here. So for coyotes, this is the Cavens Yodel Dog Lure. This stuff doesn't quite last as long. So it comes in a small bottle. I end up having to buy several bottles of this. Whereas I finished one jar bait, I finished the old one, and then right at the end of my like dirt trapping season, I broke into that new one that I just showed um, that I bought this year. It's called exactly the same. They, I guess they just changed the packaging. It, it, and honestly, the texture is a little different too. I don't know if it's just dried out some or what, but it's a good bait. And if you were gonna order it, I would highly recommend ordering from uh, something like Minnesota Trapline products or uh, what's the other one? I'll get into it here. I know I have it pulled up on here uh, just because like these are very specialized companies for something that's kind of in a dying state as far as participation. So any support they can get, I would highly recommend using them. But yeah, Cave and Jodel Dog, it's only seven bucks. It's pretty cheap. Use half a popsicle stick, throw both popsicle sticks as far as I can down the dirt bowl. When you're making the set, you want to use a separate set of gloves from when you're baiting the set because if you get any bait scent on where you're putting the trap in the dirt, a lot of times a bobcat or a fox will dig it up. <clears throat> Excuse me, will dig it up. And you don't want that because once they figure that out once, it's pretty easy for them to figure it out again. For bobcats, this is. Caven's feline fix. This is from 
Murray's lures and trapping supplies. Uh, I was buying in Bass Pro just because I didn't really find out about these sites till after the season. Like I said, I'm still pretty much a rookie myself. Um, yeah, I, I use the hell out of this stuff. And it's very strong. Both of these are very strongly scented. Um, my traps I was using this year. So I'm not sure if I mentioned, mentioned this yet. Uh, I had like the three dog proofs or whatever for the 2020 season. And my dad had like a handful of rusty old Duke number twos uh, that I did absolutely nothing with, no treatment. So I'm not even sure if they were in firing condition by or when I was using them that year. But this year, I this is the trap that uh, that YouTuber highly recommended. And these are really impressive trap in my opinion. It's MB550, it's, it says $21 on here. I paid like 25 each at Bass Pro. So it's pretty expensive for a trap, but they're super durable. Um, they have what's called a night latch on them. So when you when you're ready to put it in the ground or whatever, you lift one of the jaws up and underneath the jaw, you can reach in, set the night latch. So it's not gonna like magically go off if you're not ready for it to. Um, yeah, they're, they're a great trap. And that's what I had the, the best luck with this year. And then these are what like Duke number two looks like. Oops, it didn't pull it up, pull it up on Murray's. So as you can see, they're like a lot smaller construction, not really as durable. Um, but I, I mean, it's to be expected. It's like a third of the price of the other ones. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up catching one coyote in one of these, um, but all my other catches were in the MB550s. So not sure if that's really any correlation, but I'm pretty much sold on the MB550s. I'm going to keep running these Duke number twos until they wear until they wear out. But as far as buying new traps, I'm not going to buy anything other than the MB550s. Duke has a similar trap uh, that they make now. It's, I mean, it's pretty much identical. I might consider some of those. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice keeps cracking. I might consider some of those, but I'm. Just gonna stick to that style of trap. I just like, I like it from a design standpoint. I think it's gonna work best for what I'm trying to do. Um, so yeah. So those are the traps. Um, so now I'll get into kind of how I caught what I caught this season. Let me get back on here. Okay, back on. So yeah, I ended up catching within the first week of the season. I caught my first bobcat. Uh, this is a this same way I've been talking about dirt hole set on a field edge. It was kind of I, I didn't set exactly on any sign, but I we had had a couple encounters during deer season. Uh, one with what looked like to be a big tom, and then opening that was during bow season, and then opening day of rifle season, I believe. We literally had one room right by my parents' house. Like it walked within a foot of my truck in the driveway. And it was kind of funny. Their, their cat there kind of saw it run to the woods, realized it was a cat, and kind of started trotting after it. That cat would have tore him up. It wasn't as big as, as the one we saw. Uh, the first one we saw uh, that was in earlier in the season was actually kind of chasing a big 10 point buck out into our our game plot. 
that was kind of wild to see. Yeah, so I had a rough idea for where they had been accessing. So I set it right along that. I'll pull up the aerial shot of the farm now just to give an idea for location of these. So this farm. Oh, big deer stand, buck huts right here. Uh, that big one came up right along this field edge. And then by the time we noticed uh, the wandering rifle season, it was about right here out in the middle of the field and heading this way. This, my parents' house sits about right here now. So it came like pretty much all the way through here into the woods. So this set that I had the success in was pretty much right here in the middle of this little finger. Um, so yeah, I had that that first catch. I was super excited. That was pretty much my goal for that season was I wanted to catch a bobcat. They're a gorgeous animal. And I, I had this weird kind of obsession with like wildcats. So end up achieving that. I was super happy. I remade the set and probably about a week later I caught another one. Uh, They're both females. Uh, it's kind of strange. The second one seemed a lot younger just by the look of its face. I'm not too experienced in this, but it had a, it was probably twice the size of the first one I caught. First one wasn't very big. Uh, first one was nice and spotted up. Second one wasn't really all that spotted, both females. So then I waited, I had remade the set and I'd kind of waited. I got kind of busy doing some other stuff. Once I had kind of, you know, obtained my goal of catching one bobcat, I kind of backed off a little bit. I might've ended up catching the coyote before. I don't remember if I caught the coyote first or the third bobcat, but all of them ended up being in the same set. So I headed to, I had conservation show up and tag the first two females so I could take them to taxidermist in Tennessee, get them there. So my wait time would be a little less. Um, and I knew it was going to happen. Uh, so I did that, drove to Tennessee the next day. And literally as soon as I left the parking lot, taxidermist, my dad texted me that I got a 40 pound Tom in my set. So uh, he took care of that for me. And that's like a once in a lifetime cat. If you know anything about bobcats, that's a, a huge bobcat. Um, so yeah, I was pumped. Not only did I catch, you know, one bobcat like I was hoping for, uh, but I ended up catching three. And I pretty much had very low expectations coming into it just from, like I had done a lot of homework, obviously, watching all those videos over and over and uh, developing that, that keen sense of what the set was supposed to look like. And it, it really is an art form. Like you've got to know what you're doing. And uh, while I did kind of realize, like, so after I caught the, the first bobcat, it kind of cratered out the dirt where I'd made the set just from being in the trap, kind of fighting it a little bit. So I wasn't too certain about, you know, how it looked. I'd kind of, I'd heard cats will come at like an angle and you want to put it like 18 to 24 inches off of the dirt hole because uh, they approach it in a different way than like a coyote would. So you want to put that trap further back. So I did that on the first one. The second one, I was kind of paranoid. It didn't, the trap didn't really bed as well. And it just didn't look as natural. Uh, the first one actually ended up being a back leg catch. 
So just because of how the trap set up, I ended or how the dirt set up, I ended up scooting the trap much closer to the dirt hole the second time. Uh, but it just it was cratered out. I didn't really like the way it looked, but it didn't end up mattering. And after that, I kind of realized that yes, while it's an art form and you need to make it look the best you can, these are wild animals, and this is something they've probably never seen before. So I'm perfectionist by nature but it really doesn't have to be as perfect as i'm trying to make it seem obviously um yeah so that was kind of something i learned along the way uh but yeah every single one of them was that predator bait that same trap in the same location same dirt hole uh, same feline fix cadence lure and everything was just the same so that's what i was talking about on that podcast the first podcast with my dad it's amazing that I got three cats to literally step on the same inch and a half, two inch piece of real estate, whatever it was. Uh, within they were all within two weeks uh, of catching the first one. Uh, so yeah, I was stoked, and I I ended up later in uh, February ended up actually taking the bobcat back down to the tax limits. Uh, along with the animal from the next story I'm going to get into. Actually, I'll, I'll briefly cover what happened with Kyle's this year for me. So, uh, actually, I think I have the pictures for them too. I can get a little more in depth on that. So, I had a lot of struggle with the coyotes. Um, it up here. So this was like day two of trapping season. Um, this is my set. You can see this is where the dirt hole was. And this is kind of where my trap is bedded. It's kind of hard to tell because they tore the hell out of it. Actually, it's right there because I put a piece of wax paper on the pan. Um, but yeah, so this is not good. <laughs> this means that they were at that hole for a really long time and did not step in it. And by the way it looked, I, it looks like they dug it up from both sides of the hole, which is not necessarily ideal. That's what I was talking about, why it's so important to have a solid backing, because you don't really want them coming around the other side of the trap. And that's what I haven't really, why I haven't really dove into researching or experimenting with flat sets, because I don't really know how to make them to where they won't approach it from weird angles. Uh, so yeah, this is very common though. Coyotes, I mean, this is kind of ideally what you want is to get their attention like this, but you don't want it to where they literally crush the set and uh, not step in your trap. Uh, another thing that's pretty common is then, like I said, digging up the trap. Well, fortunately, you know, my scent was good. I, I died and waxed all my traps this year. So they didn't have any idea where the trap was, but they were digging the hell out trying to get that bait in there. Uh, this happened on, I think, a handful of occasions in the same set. So either that, I just didn't pick a good spot because of the lack of backing. This is right on the field edge here. And you got kind of like some grass. It's, we'll call it like CRP that grass. It's pretty much just weeds. But imagine that look. Um, so yeah, they could approach it from anywhere. I just, I really liked how it set up on that field edge. I knew they'd be traveling through there. Um, just kind of the only spot that, that looked about right. So this might have been an opportunity to actually use a flat set if I 
I knew how to do that, but anyways, yeah, now I can show you, right, actually you can see it right here, I don't need to pull up the other image, the tracks are right here, so they were uh, four inches off that, that trap, uh, so pretty close, and I was, I mean, I wasn't really bummed or anything, it was kind of a pain to remake that set, I never ended up catching one out of that set, uh, but I was, I was excited that I was at least getting some action from coyotes in my sets this, this year. Uh, the one I actually ended up catching, uh, it was in a Duke number two, and is you know a back leg catch, but it was a pretty nice female. Uh, the the odd part about that, so with the or with the bobcats, the fresher the set was, the, the sooner they hit it. It seemed like, uh, whereas the coyotes, other than this one, uh, other than this one, the, the this first time, I wouldn't get coyote tracks in my sets until like. A week after they they had been sitting there, so I don't know if they were just more more wary about the human scent that was lingering around, or extra cautious. I don't know, but that's what they say a lot. So they're a lot harder to trap. Um, so yeah, I didn't have too much luck with Tyus this year, and that's a that's a goal of mine coming in this next, <clears throat> this next season is to really hammer those because they obviously do a lot of damage on several different populations yeah so the next story the other animal i took down to tennessee in february uh, a friend of mine texted me and said he asked me if i had ever trapped a fox i'm like there's not too many of them up by where i'm trapping but it's one of it's on my bucket list i really want to get a red fox they're gorgeous so he put me in contact with uh someone he knew that had a lot of farm animals. I mean, they had ducks, chickens, I believe they might have turkeys, I don't know, guineas, geese, all kinds of small animals that um, they'd seen a fox floating around and obviously could not have that around with all those animals. So he kind of set it up for me. Uh, big shout out to Austin for that and uh, got me permission to trap on this property. So I was still trapping on my parents' farm at this time. And I only, I only had like 10 traps at this time. So I, you know, I've had good success there. And this is a smaller piece of property, this farm, uh, land-wise, just, just due to, you know, barns and structures and stuff like that. So I only took three traps with me. I took two ND 550s and I took one Duke number two. So, First day, she's really cool, so I didn't ask her, but she's probably not going to mind me bringing up her property here. The first day, I made a set uh, somewhere about in here. They have horse horse fences, so I just put one. Well, that was a Duke number two. I put it along the horse fence, figured maybe they're roaming through that pasture. I wasn't too confident in this one just because of all the gates and fences and stuff that I didn't think they were going to work too hard to, to hit this one. Uh, I put one down here by the road where I saw kind of a hole in the fence. What I later learned was deer that literally crossed and stepped in my set every night. Uh, so got to brush up that one pretty much on a daily basis. And one I put right about here, which this might actually be the spot in kind of an opening. Um, there was no hole in the fence or anything. Uh, but there was a, I believe it was an oak tree, it was a big oak tree that looked like the perfect backing 
for them to cross through and kind of check it out. So I was, I was here making sets here probably about a week before I ended up connecting on, on the Red Fox. Uh, he kept, he kept digging up my trap, which was really irritating to me because I'd had really good success all year long and didn't have a single, single set even visible. Like, uh, I don't know if there was a different scent on this particular trap or this trap or if this fox had seen traps before. I'm not real sure. So it really started irritating me. So on one of the, I think about two or three days before I before I caught him, he had dug it up again. I put two, I pulled the one Duke number two out of the pasture, put it on the fence line, and I made like a what I call a surprise motherfucker set, which basically has two traps in the same hole. Um and I was just hoping like maybe he yeah, he'd dig up the one, but he carelessly step in the other while he was working on that he wouldn't dig up the bait or anything he just came there and dug up the trap every time and i had a good feeling it was the fox that's it's pretty common for coyote and fox but i just the way the set looked after it got dug up i just knew it, it was not a coyote i, I kind of had a feeling they would have gone more for the bait after that than uh just kind of toying with the trap so yeah I, I remade it and i took I went down here by the pond and grabbed a little flat stone, almost like a house brick. And I sat it just halfway covering the, uh, the dirt hole. And sure enough, uh, I think actually it's it Saturday. He didn't dig it up that time. And then uh, I, I kind of slept in that day, was just getting ready to head over there. And the, the homeowner called me and said the fox was in the trap. Uh, so I was stoked. I mean, I pretty much hit what I considered like the trapping triple crown for northern slash central Missouri, uh, fox, bobcat, and coyote on really my first year any knowledge going into trap. So yeah, I was super pumped. Um, really, really thankful uh, for her letting me do that. She knew how much it meant to me. I, you know, she. I told her that I hadn't gotten one yet. So uh, I think she was really happy for me when I ended up finally connecting. Uh, especially because, I mean, it, I was only sitting there about a week, but it was a, a constant grind. I mean, just no luck at all. And then when he started digging them up like that, he probably dug them up for four day stretch. Uh, it really started messing with me mentally, but, you know, just persisted and ended up making it happen. Um, yeah, so my goal going into next year, uh, I, I want to continue to hopefully, I mean, hopefully I can get all three again somehow. There's, you know, not too many up by the farm, but maybe she let me come back and try again. Super nice woman, so I'm sure that probably wouldn't be a problem. But my next goal is to get a gray fox. Uh, that's kind of how it went for me trapping season. It was like just one species to the next. Like I wanted to get a bobcat, got the bobcat. I wanted to get a coyote, got the coyote. And I said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to get the fox and got the fox. So really don't think I'll have too much problem getting a gray fox. It's mostly just finding a spot to do it because they're, I mean, they're not too abundant anywhere near the area I am. So that might take like a, a special trip or some special permission, someone you know, I'm really gonna have to do some research and figure that one out this year. But yeah, that's 
how my traffic season went down. Um, I really didn't hit it too super hard, I wouldn't say. That might be kind of deceiving. Um, but yeah, like I, that was about the time I started 75 hard and all that. So my goal was really just to get each species, get familiar with how, you know, how to make all the sets, what to look for, stuff like that. Just get, get better this year. But this coming year, I plan on hitting super hard. I'll have way more time. You know, I won't be, won't be doing that program or anything. So I want to try as much as I can. I really really just fell in love with that. It's a lot of fun. It's very specialized. Not many people know how to do it. And it's super crucial for conservation and uh, continuing, you know, have healthy, sustainable populations of you know, bird species, rabbit species, uh, and the predators themselves. So yeah, that's pretty much all I got for this one. Um, I'm going to be doing some, I'm supposed to be doing some water trapping with my buddy Lane here soon which i have zero experience on i don't i haven't even researched that so he's gonna be showing me the ropes and i really like to get a beaver that's their pelts look gorgeous it's like a couch throw so i'd love to have a nice one of those uh, so hopefully he can teach me a few things and then connect on on one of those or something so yeah uh stay tuned this week i got plan on going up to the farm get some hunting episodes in record with my dad i know we got a big game plot one plan so if you're a whitetail hunter and you have a farm where you, you plant game plots make sure you tune in for that one it's gonna be pretty good he's kind of been i don't know what the right word is hinting that he's got some big plans and he's been doing a lot of research so i i expect that to be a really good one so yeah look out for that one thanks for watching